0: When the final buzzer sounds, the analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. For Jessupol Yarby, a left side
1: pass. Broussard looking in front.
2: Scores! What a play! Deflected home by Ryan Newton Hopkins.
1: Well, that one going in off the skate of a San Jose defender, and it is the new guy, Derek Broussard, credited with the game winner. That made it 3-1 Oilers in the third period. They go on to win it 5-2 over the San Jose Sharks. Six consecutive wins on home ice for the Edmonton Oilers. The power play comes through tonight, going two for two. Leon Dreisaitl scores twice. He is up to 44 on the season, and the Oilers' record is 36-24-5 as they move just a little little bit closer to a playoff spot and we'll update how some of the other teams in the chase with the Oilers are doing as we move along tonight. Thanks a lot for tuning in. It is 9.54. We are live in Studio 99 for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. I'm Reid Wilkins. Rob Brown's going to join us in a few minutes. Of course, you'll hear from Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft. I can tell you right now you can go to 630Ched.com and look for the Japanese Village Goal Light. We activate that whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game. It allows you to print up a coupon for Free appetizer to Japanese Village, featuring Alberta's own Brant Lake Wagyu. Visit JvEdmonton.ca. Well, a lot of things to talk about here. The two new guys come in. I mentioned Brassard uh, scored. Thought Kulak played pretty well. Nugent Hopkins back in the lineup. He's driving the net on the Brassard goal. I thought he helped the power play and the penalty kill, for that matter. The Oilers killed off both Sharks power plays uh, tonight, but the Oilers power play coming through. And uh, we've talked about how really since the the early December, after that 16-5 and start, it, it's really dropped off, and it's been a bottom 10 power play in the NHL since then. Well, tonight, it converts. First of all, with the second unit that doesn't always play a lot, but Kyler Yamamoto, who has just been on a tear, seven goals in his last eight games, he got a loose puck after Ryan McLeod drove to the net, picked it up, looked very confident in stuffing in his 18th of the season, and then a situation similar to what the Oilers were in the other night in Dallas. A one-goal lead in the second half of the third period, and a chance to extend the lead and this time they do it and this time they do it relatively quickly uh, veal for the shark shot the puck over the glass got the delay of game penalty with 6:20 left good pressure from warren fogel by the way on the forecheck and then just 15 seconds into the man advantage it's hyman down low throws it over to McDavid, and he passes it to a Wide open net to shove it in, and that put it away. 4-2 at that point, and then Kane got uh, an empty net goal, and they did that quickly just 10 seconds after uh, the Sharks pulled their goaltender. So 5-2, the Oilers able to get the victory tonight. Mike Smith gets the winning goal. He stops 28 out of 30. Pretty solid performance uh, for Smith. A couple of adventures, as there often are, when, uh, when he was playing the puck, but he was able to recover on those. So uh, the Have been getting better goaltending really for the last few weeks now, overall, except for a couple hiccups as they uh, pick up this victory. So, let's check in with what's happening with other teams that could affect the Edmonton Oilers. The scoreboard presented by Edmonton Trailer looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi trailers. Head to EdmontonTrailer.com. First of all, the Golden Knights looking good tonight, leading the Predators 4 1. That is after two periods. Now, the Golden Knights behind the Oilers in the Pacific Division. The Kings ahead of the Oilers, and after two periods in L.A., even though the Kings are out shooting Chicago 31-16, it's a 3-2 lead for the Hawks. Now, still a period left. We'll see what L.A. can muster, but at the moment, uh, the Oilers are a point behind Los Angeles for second in the division, and maybe it'll stay that way if Chicago wins. Also around the league, the Bruins beat the Lightning 3-2. Panthers knock off the Canadiens 4-3 in a shootout. The Stars, even though they were badly, badly outshot, got a uh, 4-3 shootout win against the Canes. Islanders win on home ice 5-2 against the Red Wings. The Senators win in Winnipeg 5-2. The Flyers win in St. Louis 5-2. And uh, the Wild beat the Canucks 3-2 in overtime. Erickson Eck is 19th of the season, 31 seconds into the extra session to give them the win. So, Edmonton tonight, I thought a pretty good first period, even though they didn't score, and maybe there weren't a ton of grade-A scoring opportunities, but the Oilers had the large majority of the zone time. The best scoring opportunity came from that third line that was put together for this game of Derek Broussard, Ryan Nugent-Hopkins, and Yessi pooley and Broussard had the puck in front and decided to pass it off to Nugent-Hopkins, who got a quick shot away on Capo Kaken and Kacken and uh, came up with the pad safe. So the Oilers weren't able to convert, and despite falling behind, 1-0 early in the second period on a, on a good passing play by the Sharks, and Smith got turned around a little bit and wound up on his belly when the uh, when the puck went in. The Oilers came right back with the power play goal from Yamamoto, and then Drysaddle gets his 43rd about three minutes later, and that was a play uh, Cassian's forechecking, able to shove Carlson down to the ice. Puck comes loose for Drysaddle. He walks in and snipes the unassisted goal, and then uh, Broussard made it 3-1 with the goal, a long centering pass to Nugent Hopkins driving the net, goes in off Carlson's skate. Give San Jose credit, they came back and their two of their big guys played well tonight, Hurdle and Meyer, involved in uh, that goal as well. Hurdle pulled San Jose back within a goal 29 seconds in, but then, as I mentioned, the Oilers got the big power play goal. Uh, that they weren't able to get the other night and that allowed them to put it away. So 5-2 Oilers is your final as uh, Rob Brown joins me here in uh, Studio 99. Boy, we're used to having four or five guys. We're down to three, you, me, and Bob. (laughs) I'm the only one who doesn't have to do any extra work, though. I got the best deal. (laughs) <laughs> uh, poor Bob. He, he was doing
3: a lot of runs. Bob did today. a lot today. He, he did, did a lot, lot of runs on
1: TV as well. <laughs> did all his other usual stuff. But I was just saying before you slid in the uh, the, the power play came through, which we talked about before the game. How. If you actually break down the percentage over about the last 43 games it's it's a subpar it's not an average power play it's a below average power play but huge tonight both units scored and as you often say sometimes it's when you score it as well and that 4-2 goal pretty much ended the game
3: well Bob and I were talking on air just when they got that power play that it's almost the exact same scenario as in Dallas the other night the you the had a 3-2 lead power play in the last 10 minutes of of the third period with a chance to extend the lead. They don't. And Dallas comes back with two goals late and, and wins it. Uh, tonight they had again the opportunity to extend a lead late in the hockey game and this time they took full advantage and not only did they take advantage, they scored a pretty one. That was uh, the Oilers moving around. They, the addition of RNH back into their power play. It allows Connor and Leon to get into their more comfortable spots. And Leon just kind of finds open space out there. And by the time the puck found him, he had a wide open net, no defenseman between him and no goalie in the net. As uh, Kakanen, he he he's, he bit. He bit on the play, Hyman to McDavid. He thought that was a one-timer. He threw, he went all in. And when he did and the puck didn't come, all of a sudden Leon Dreisel had a wide open net. But it was uh, a game where they got good goaltending and good specialty teams. And usually at the end of the night, that spells victory.
1: Power play update for Extreme Power Products, your full-line Kubota dealer with four locations, including a new one in Camrose. Check out Extreme with an X PowerProducts.com. And uh, Nugent Hopkins returns. Actually wound up not getting uh, a point, but he's uh, plus one plays 17:32, including uh, minute 34 on the power play, minute 26 shorthanded. Nugent Hopkins had seven shots on goal tonight. <laughs> Well, the,
3: that line, that line was good, and, and we talked before the game about the new lineup in the third line. I, I liked what they did. I, I like what Jay Woodcroft put. I thought, we're, we've been asked a lot lately when everyone gets healthy, where they're going to play. I've always believed that Puljuhvi would go down on the third line with Nugent Hopkins. I think he fits better there, and then with the addition of Broussard, he, it made no sense to bring Broussard into play on in your fourth line. He's not a big physical player. He's a skilled player that sees the game well and still has a little offensive juice in him. So why not put him on a third line with Nugent Hopkins who everyone knows is reliable both offensively and certainly defensively and on the goal as you just said, Nugent Hopkins didn't get a point on it but he driving the net forced Carlson to go back and turn his back on the puck coming hits his skate and goes in so as much as Broussard scored the goal. That play and the end result was made by Rnh driving the net and forcing the defenseman back so Rnh uh, he was good on the game, he had a number of good scoring chances and that line as a whole played very well for the Edmonton Oilers.
1: P- P- Pulley-Arvey on that line, G- gets an assist plays 14-21, three shots credited with four hits tonight, which is nice to see and you, you know, we've seen with him sort, sort of an up and down mm-hmm. in, in how he's playing confidence decision making with the puck and you could probably find an instance or two since he's come back from injury where he passed up a shot yep. in, in a game. Well, but today it was almost good that it was a one-on-three because he didn't yeah. have to look for anybody <laughs> to pass it to. But that was like a powerful move to the net. He couldn't quite finish, but he's he's got to get back to just taking that puck to the net and not worrying about sharing it all the time. I
3: yeah, think. when you're a goal scorer, don't share. I mean, you, no coach is ever going to get mad at you. No teammate going to get mad at you. Uh, we've seen in the last couple of games where Pugliarby's had the puck in, his sl- in the slot, and he's actually passed to players that were in a Position to score. It's like, hey, whoa, whoa! You are the guy that we work. Everyone worked together to get you the puck there. Uh, Leon settle set him up, and I don't know, it was the last game of the one before, and a, a two-on-one, and he passed it back, and Leon wasn't ready. Like, well, no, I'm the passer. That was for you. But tonight, he, he put his shoulder down. He went directly from the boards to the post, and a man of that size with that speed, either the fencement's going to take a penalty or you're going to get a scoring chance and even if it's not a grade a scoring chance you've now created havoc in front of the net and if you don't score the goal someone will come uh, clean up the garbage for you so uh, I'm sure the coaching staff which we've seen on the bench a lot talking to players I'm sure the coaching staff has talked to to TSC saying all right Here's where your strengths lie. Let's play to your strengths. And tonight, I think we saw a much better, more aggressive game out of Jesse Pugliarvi.
1: So 5-2. The Oilers win it tonight. That's a $500 donation to 630. Ted Santas Anonymous from James H. Brown and Associates. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. They give 100 bucks every time the Oilers score this season. So $500 tonight as uh, the Sharks are you know they're not going to be in the playoffs they are now down to five hundred twenty eight twenty eight and eight not as obviously deep as mm-hmm. some of the Sharks teams we've seen in the past but they high-end guys could push <laughs> it they were good tonight
3: well they, they've they, I think I saw eight guys in their lineup tonight with 69 games or less so they've got a lot of inexperience in their lineup so they rely heavily on five players on the back end Burns and Carlson and Burns I thought was good Carlson was great and uh, like he when he had the puck he was fantastic he made a couple of uh, poor defensive choices but up front Hurdle and Meyer are, are so good and they not only the the first line on a below average San Jose team they'd be the, on the first line on a lot of teams in the national hockey they got that kind of talent and I was saying to Bob during the game when opposition teams play against the Oilers and when the Oilers were playing Leon and Connor together they always would take a deep breath the other team when Leon and Connor were on the ice and then they would relax when they went off to the bench and then they come on again the stress level go up well that's what it was like with San Jose tonight when San Jose top line was on the ice with the hurdle line was on the ice there was a collective breath hold in the arena because that's when they pushed and when they left there was a huge drop-off like the, the momentum completely changed but Hurdle and Meyer are good hockey players very good hockey players I, I watched the game the other night against the Flames they were excellent in that game and tonight they created a ton of good chances but the Oilers weathered those storms and then when the lines two three and four were on the ice that's when the Oilers pushed back
1: The Oilers take it tonight over the San Jose Sharks. So 2-0 against the Sharks this season. They had that uh, 3-0 shutout win in San Jose back on February 13th. They still play them uh, a couple more times. Big battle of Alberta now for the Oilers coming up on Saturday, which we'll talk about a little bit more later on. Brassard comes in, gets the Mm -hmm. game-winning goal, uh, and Kulak uh, makes his Oilers debut as well. What do you think of him?
3: I thought Kulak looked comfortable out there. Um, Not flashy. Uh, He's simple plays uh there's a couple very subtle plays he made where just a little head fake or little shoulder fake player is the the guy chasing him down would go one way and kulak turn went the other never put himself in a position where he looked like he was under stress now a at san jose and unless he was playing against meyer there wasn't a whole lot of pressure uh from the uh, from the sharks I, i think he got his feet wet he looked good uh, it'll be a big step up when they play the Flames here on Saturday and you're going to see a much uh, different four check and much more pressure for them. But when you come in and I've been traded and I've gone to new teams when you come in you want to be noticed in the first game. I think both Kulak and Broussard were noticed for the right reasons.
1: All right. Here's Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft.
4: Uh, what do you, I mean, basically your thoughts on, you know, you, you let a 3-2 lead get away last game, and this uh, tonight you kind of closed it out and pulled away, so a much better response.
5: Yeah, yeah I thought uh, there was a lot of really good parts to our, our game tonight. We got contributions uh, up and down our, our forward lines and deep pairings. Um I thought we tried to play the game fast tonight, and uh, that was noticeable. Um... Uh, really got a really good performance out of Mike Smith and team effort was able to spread the minutes out tonight. So a good win for the team.
4: Uh, Nugent Hopkins has been out for a long time, but he had like seven shots and 57% in the face off circle and had some good chemistry with Broussard. Uh, You kind of just expect that because he's been around so long and and they're both veteran players or or what? Well,
5: for me, uh, Nugent is a real key piece to what we have going on here. Um, Having him in the lineup, he touches a lot of areas of the game and allows us when we play the three centers down the middle to have a real strong spine of our, of our team. And, um, I just, I find when he's in the lineup, it leads to a really nice balance.
6: And when he's back obviously obviously the power play looks fantastic two for two
5: yeah two uh, and the penalty kill was very good tonight too um i thought uh, we did some things in the morning skate to to try and increase our puck confidence and and do things in tight areas and uh, we saw a result tonight and that's a credit to both units on the power play tonight
6: what did you like from Broussard? What did you see in his game? Things that a coach would like from the game he
5: played? Yeah, I think he's a very heady or head Z type player is he makes good uh, plays with the puck. He doesn't force little plays. He actually um, has some poise in the offensive zone in order to uh, find that that open man and uh, you know, he they, that line scored the goal in the third period. It turned out to be the winning goal, but they made uh, a lot of really good plays in the first two periods as well. It just didn't go in for him. and I you know what I thought Jesse Pugliarvi got in on the forecheck was physical and added a size element to that line. I thought it was a good line.
6: And Kulak is one of those games where for a defenseman, if you didn't didn't notice him in terms of making a mistake or getting four points, he played a good game. Is that how you (laughs) you look at it?
5: I thought he he played a good game. He's obviously a very good skater. He helped our puck movement on the back end and um, I just felt comfortable with him on the ice tonight. Thank
7: you. Uh, your team gets Calgary tomorrow night. If you don't mind, we can ask about that. Uh, you're playing well. Things are going good. You know, you've been winning some games. It looks like you're finding your game. Is this the right time to go down there and play with a full lineup this time and, uh, you know, see where you stand next to that team?
5: I'm just trying to enjoy the, this win tonight, Spec, But uh, in all seriousness, we... You know, uh, we will enjoy this win uh, this, uh, for the next 10-15 minutes and then it's on to our preparations for Calgary. I think um, they're the team to beat in our division. Obviously their record says that. Their record on home ice over the last while is is beyond impressive. They seem to um, be firing on all cylinders. They made a, a few big trades to, to bring in players to select Solidify their lineup, and uh, they're going to be a good test. Um, but b- before we get there, uh, we'll digest this one tonight. And like I said earlier, I thought it was a, a very, very good team win with everybody contributing.
7: Is there is there a change in your chemistry when when you got Mike Smith not just playing but looking like maybe he's finding his form here this year? Does it change your team in a way having? You know he's a pretty outspoken leader. On mm-hmm.
5: ups. better to have him playing good in your nets. Well, I mean, we've had good starts from him, especially over the last last little while. I've seen him play well during my time here as the head coach of, of the Edmonton Oilers. And anytime someone of his stature, and he he has stature above his station almost. Uh, he, he walks through the room the way he carries himself. He is a leader amongst. Um, our team and when he's feeling good i think the team's feeling good that said we have confidence in both of our goaltenders and it hasn't wavered uh jay i know it's just one game with this new lineup but it it seems like you have the potential to have three really strong scoring lines do you see that and and if so how can it maybe help you guys down the stretch and be going forward here yeah i i, I actually i would say that I think we have four really good lines that um, all can um, create momentum for our team. Some of the lines create momentum in a different way. Um, but yeah, I thought there was nice balance tonight. And it's the first time we've had a fully healthy lineup uh, and have had to make hard lineup decisions. And... I thought we got a good good effort from everybody who was dressed tonight. And certainly as we move forward here, it will be tough uh, to make decisions on who's in, who's out because uh, three really good hockey players didn't play for us tonight. For a coach, you always say those are good problems to have, though, right? Yeah, those are those are the types of problems you want to have. We also know that we're not going to just keep people on the side and let them die on the fa- on the vine. Uh, we're, we have depth. We will use our depth. We think uh, that is the way uh, that we're going to win hockey games as we move forward to keep everybody fresh and, and use all of the available people at our disposal. You've had the opportunity to see Kyler Yamamoto in a couple of different spots. Uh, I'm talking about in the minors and now here. Is this the best you've seen him play? In his- well, he's feeling it. He's feeling it. He's doing a lot of really good things in order to have success. I mean, I think everyone goes to, um, you know, his production over the last little while. But he's making a lot of subtle, subtle plays that makes that line go. I think he's a good complementary piece to both Connor and Kane, and um, they've been they've been a heck of a line for us over over the last little while, and um, we're gonna
8: need it going forward Jay obviously happy with your team's performance tonight but what did you think of uh, our special guest performance uh, pre-game tonight
5: uh, I know who the MVP of tonight was for sure absolutely without a doubt and you should have seen our dressing room after the game man that was the most juice I've seen in our dressing room in a long time and I'll tell you what uh, it's a pretty special night thanks guys
1: Okay, that's Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft. Five-two win for Edmonton over the visiting San Jose Sharks. And the uh, last question was about the uh, young man on the ice. Five-year-old Ben Stelter was the Scotiabank skater before the game, who has been uh, dealing with a brain tumor, and uh, an incredible ovation for him a couple of times b- before the game. Got to stand between Connor McDavid and Evander Kane for the anthem and he was put up on the big screen as well and that was uh pretty cool and we certainly wish ben and his family all the best
3: oh we certainly do and it also puts into perspective your everyday problems and seeing what this young little boy is is dealing with in his life uh the smile on his face though it just brought a smile to everyone else's face here tonight
1: yeah that was awesome when he when he came out maybe the we've seen some little guys maybe the youngest guy <laughs> we've seen out there as well but connor made sure he was uh there for the anthem, and that was that was pretty special for sure. The ice time, this is really interesting on defense. So with Kulak coming in, uh, so Kulak played 18-27. I'm going I'm to give you all the defensemen, because this is worth talking about. Kulak plays 18-27. Bouchard plays 19-10. Nurse, play, Nurse plays 20-36. Barry plays 20-52. plays 21-30, and Keith actually played the least tonight, 17-32, but everybody's between basically 17 and a half and 21 and it's pretty amazing
3: well in a perfect world uh, that you have it spread out that way and nobody gets overburdened and when you get into the last five seven minutes of a hockey game well now you can put who you feel out there without having to worry about okay is he too tired if we used him too much now the game dictates how the players are are, are are used and the Oilers were more or less in control most of the night but uh, with Kulak in your third pairing it's not a huge drop-off like he 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 plays a pretty solid game and now I guess it's one game and it's only the San Jose Sharks but he did all the little things right and he's a smart hockey player where if there's nothing there punt get the puck out don't worry don't force things so uh, the coaching staff would love to be able to deploy the players this way just some nights things don't go exactly according to plan
1: so I set the line before the game for River Cree Resort and Casino excitement bet on it at 28 combined ice time for the two new guys Kulak and Broussard, and it's over. So Dan gets the fifty dollar River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. Kulak 1827, Broussard played 1338, mm-hmm. so they're way over at uh, at 3205. But yeah, a, lo- a lot of balance in the ice time tonight. Now the orders were leading, were tied almost the entire game, so that would have affected it. And not a lot
3: of power play and penalty kills right there's only four special teams so that also allows more of the five on five players to get on the ice like a Broussard yeah
1: but having said that if you can't use that third line oh a little more often
3: yeah no I well when you've got a line with RNH you feel pretty confident and and it was funny it is Jay Woodcroft mentioned the thing when he talked about Kulak I felt very comfortable when he was on the ice well we know how comfortable every coach has ever had r is when he's on the ice. So if you're playing with r you're not going to be short-changed ice time.
1: And also, and our, this is our adjustment of the game for pro drain text for peace of mind down the line, Fogel got elevated after the Sharks' second goal. McLe- McLeod got reduced a little bit, and Fogel got involved and actually helped force that puck over the
3: glass well, First, he went hard to the net, and Hyman threw it in, and he got two whacks at it. And then off the ensuing faceoff, just he got in on the shark defenseman quickly and as most players do when there's a pressure you try to move the puck a little quicker than than you probably want to and he just got it up and over the glass and it created the power play which was the dry settle goal that extended the lead but yeah Fogel was the one that created that uh, power play opportunity just by a good forecheck it, we, we talked McLeod made a he kind of misread the play and left the puck that turned into a goal for San Jose. He he missed the next few shifts and first it was Cassie and then it was Fogel, two guys that weren't playing a lot. If they get that opportunity, they got to be ready for it. Sometimes you sit for long stretches if you're a fourth line player. But when you get your chance to get out there, do something in a positive light to get yourself another shift. Fogel did and got a couple extra shifts because of that. So good on Fogel being ready and, and still focused on the game that when he got out there, he did something good.
1: Okay, so the Oilers take it 5 2 over the Sharks. You're going to hear from Mike Smith and Zach Hyman as we continue getting post game reaction. And uh, we will also hear from you, 780 496 0063, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Pro all the way. Actually, Kellen, do we have, did did did, uh, did Ben speak? With, with Zach? Okay, well, let's get to that now. We got Zach Hyman with the special kid tonight, uh, Ben Stelter.
9: Here we go. All right, let's push you in here.
2: <laughs>
9: All right.
8: Hey, Ben. How are you? Good. What did you think of the game today? Very good. How did you think Zach Hyman played today?
2: Good. <laughs> I'm Plays
8: pretty good. Thanks, Ben. <laughs>
2: You're
8: ben, who's your favorite oiler? McDavid
2: and Joyce
8: That's a pretty good bet, even though I consider right beside you. <laughs> no offense, taken. Was... <laughs> no offense, taken. That's a tough one to beat, hey Zach. Yeah. Uh Zach, uh obviously uh a strong effort from your group tonight uh, you guys scored in rapid succession a couple of nights ago unfortunately weren't able to hang on tonight you guys persevered and held on to that lead what does
9: that mean for you yeah it's, i mean every point matters this time of the year especially i thought the, the two guys we brought on Cooley and brass were great too and, and naggy coming back so you know i think we, we we start to see our team fully healthy with with, with all the guys and uh, i thought it was it was awesome to get the win and and to keep building confidence and moving forward you talked about a fully
8: healthy lineup. What is a fully healthy Oilers lineup capable of?
9: I think you see a lot of depth. I think you see four lines contributing um, all 60, and then obviously in, in that we got two stellar uh, netminders. So just everybody contributing and, and, and just stacking points. In
5: fact, uh, a couple of new players uh, in the lineup. What did you think of the way that um, uh, Brett Kulak and, and Derek Broussard were able
9: to contribute tonight? I thought it was great. I thought that, you know, it's not easy coming to a new team, especially midway through the season. Um, but I thought those two guys were, you know, fit in seamlessly. That they didn't, you know, they, they stood out in a, in a good way. And, and uh, you know, that's what you, you want out of new players. What can you do, do you think, to be Ben's favorite player? I think <laughs> a little little work to do there. Well, I think I need a little bit more time. I just got here. So, um, but, uh, you know, I think uh, Ben's picked two great guys and two great players. So, um, just happy to be on stage with him.
7: Uh, Mike Smith had one of those years where he never gets enough games in in a row to find his form, right? Every time he's got hurt, he got sick. It looks like maybe he's getting there now. What do you think?
9: Yeah, I think the same can be said for, for our team, right? I think it's it's nice to be fully healthy. I think for, for Smitty, as a goalie, it's it's tough when you don't play regularly and you're, you you play a couple games, you get hurt. You play a couple games, you get hurt, and, and for him to to you know finally get healthy, just like our team, and, and start to be able to play more consistently, I think you're seeing you're seeing what he can do. And, and I think uh, obviously playing against him last year, you know, he's a phenomenal goalie, and he started to score on. I have personal experience from that, so great to see him back on track and, and get the win tonight
7: uh Jay Woodcroft mentioned this morning that he's you know quite interested in these last 18 games as sort of rehearsals to get your playoff game together uh, not looking past the games but I guess I would ask you this is it more important as a team where you finish when you make the playoffs or how you're playing when the playoffs start
9: I think I think the playoffs are a testament to seating doesn't really matter right you see every year standing your name out there hmm. you see the right see all the fans on the other side all the fans uh, Look at that. I don't cheering for you. Um, but obviously you want home ice advantage, but I think it's it's about how you play going down the stretch and how you play in the playoffs that that matters most and, and just building confidence for the, uh, for the group. Okay, one more
7: for me. Uh, so your team's playing well. You've been winning some games. It looks like you got your form. And you get Calgary tomorrow night. Uh, is this just the right time? You got all your players back. Guys are playing well. Is this the right time to walk into Calgary for the last meeting of the year?
9: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm new to the Battle of Alberta, but it seems to not matter what the standings are. Um, you know, if some, one team's good or one team's bad. But uh, this year, obviously, you have two really good teams, and it's going to be a great great matchup. And uh, and we're excited for it. They're they're first in our division, and, and that's a, a rivalry that you don't have to have play many games in to, to know how, how important it is to the fans here and, and to the city. So uh, looking forward to that, definitely. Zach, what's it
6: like when you can rag the puck like that when you're killing a penalty and the crowd's cheering? <laughs> puck in the corner, you know, around three guys and then just skate back to center with it and the crowd's
9: cheering. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice to have, you know, fans uh, that are passionate and that care and the building gets loud and and uh, they're excited and, you know, it's not just about scoring goals. They're excited about a play like that. So that was cool for sure and uh, just trying to eat some clock. Thank you. Perfect. Any questions for them, Ben? You're good. We're good to go? Good job. All right. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, awesome
1: job. Zach Hyman with the Scotiabank skater tonight, Ben Stelter, what what an experience for him. Did a good job answering the
3: questions. I can tell you uh, from experience that that little interview right there, which was an incredible moment for that boy, Ben, but I guarantee you that Zach Hyman got more out of that than Ben did that meant more to Zach just sitting with that young man for that last last few minutes and sharing a moment with him Zach that's something Zach Hyman is not gonna forget yeah
1: very cool Oilers beat the San Jose Sharks 5-2 tonight I should also tell you I gave the hockey scores uh, in soccer Canada lost
3: 1-0 to Costa Rica bad so... I watch I don't like calling on the refs but it was horrible refing and the Costa Rican dudes were diving all over the place well
1: I saw some of that that is Canada's first loss in this round of World Cup qualifying uh, so two more games coming up. Canada to clinch Jamaica yep. on Sunday, and then Panama Wednesday. Yeah, and I and they still could have got in even with that loss tonight if a couple other things that had happened, but it I'm, was it was unlikely.
3: I am pretty sure if Canada wins their next game. Oh, if they win, they would have But I think been in but I think that actually uh, gets them first place. Because they are three points up on the U.S. and Mexico, they win the next game that puts them six points up, and they have the, they hold the tiebreaker against Mexico both. U.S. and tied, yeah. Each so other they tied. and yep. they hold the tiebreaker against both those teams because they haven't lost either one of them. So the next game is going to be the game where we get to party.
1: Yeah. And Canada played with ten men for about two thirds of the game. It's still
3: it. dumb. They hit they hit crossbars, post, they, they it was, yeah. It was uh, it was not a well officiated, well played by the other team
9: game.
3: Let's just say that uh, we just wanted to celebrate on home field. All right, fair enough.
1: Uh, 5-2, the Oilers win it. You're still going to hear from Mike Smith. You can get in touch, 780 We're live in Studio 99 tonight. Great to be back in here. This is Heartland Ford, Overtime Open Line.
0: Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reid Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630
10: Chat. Similar play to Biel, wasn't play. Here's a turnover back behind the Oilers goal by Mike Smith right in front. And he made a glove save and he needed to bail himself out there.
1: That is Mike Smith. Save the game for Reface Magic. Transform your kitchen with ease. See the magic. RefaceMagic.ca. Smith stops 28 out of 30. Yes, that was a bit of an adventure, and I think he gambled trying to cut off the pass on the on the Sharks' first goal because he was uh, lying on the other side of the crease when the when the puck went in. But overall, I thought he played a very good game.
3: Yeah, I think that's three quality starts he's given them in a row, and. Uh, We've talked that Koskinen's at his best when he has a little bit of rest, and if you've got another goaltender that's playing well and and you feel comfortable uh, putting him in at any time, it it bodes well for the Oilers. I've said right from the beginning that the uh, healthy Mike Smith playing like he did last year going into the playoffs is a best case scenario for the Edmonton Oilers. And the way he moves the puck, now tonight there was an adventure, he got back and saved it, but the way he moves the puck is a huge advantage come playoff time it takes away the other team's uh, forechecking ability they got to play a little bit different and Mike Smith uh, was at his best again at times tonight moving the puck there is one where he he's not he'll be standing behind that he'll pass it to one of his guys in front of the net yep. if there's a bobble it's a wide open net but he's got that much confidence in himself as a passer. Well, he
1: iced the puck on the penalty kill the face-off yep. came back to the side of the net and he went down it, to his knees. Yeah.
3: like It was a, like right down low when he got it and fired it all the way down. Not a lot of goalies in the yeah, Nationals. That's they a they hu- that.
1: huge X yep. factor that, that he brings for the team for sure. Okay, Oilers win at 5-2. We've got to quickly do the news and weather. You will hear from Mike Smith. Uh, Phil is up first on the certainty hotline, 780-496-0063. Back in a couple of minutes, Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.
0: Live Oilers hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reid Wilkins on Oilers Radio, six thirty. Channel
3: looking for Connor McDavid. He's down the right side. He's got a Vander
2: Kane wide open. And he scores a Vander Kane, his fifteenth goal of the season. It's an empty netter, and the Edmonton Oilers are up five to two.
1: And 5-2 would be the final over the Sharks. So McDavid, two assists, 16 points over the course of an eight-game point streak. Kane, the empty netter, seven goals in his last six games. Yamamoto scores again, seven goals in his last eight. All of a sudden, he's up to 18 on the year.
3: He's got a chance at 25-goal season. And, and and I do remember we would, well, not sitting here, but we were sitting doing games together, where we talked about Yamamoto. He's playing with Leon at that point, and Leon was leading the league in scoring, and Yamamoto was stuck on, like, eight points. Yep. And we're like, you know, he's going to have to find the back of the net eventually if he wants to stay in the top six. Well, he has certainly found it, and he has got a ton of confidence right now the way he's playing. There is zero hesitation in his game. Yeah.
1: Well, that play, I thought, two young players who are both showing signs of taking a step forward i mean mcleod and you want to see more finish but taking the puck to the net mm-hmm. driving hard poke checked at the last second but yamamoto was right there and like you said no hesitation he, no. Like you, he got the puck and he
3: was just like you're not stopping me i'm going in and mcleod's speed now i know he he got poke checked but the defenseman that poke checked him had to lay down to poke checked him he had to dive and when he dived he got the puck but that also allowed An open lane for Yamamoto to get the puck and directly to the net. A player with hesitation would look up to see if there's a player to pass it to, or he would shoot immediately because he would panic, but Yamamoto completely. In, in control and completely confident just took in the it made a nice little move and that was a huge goal because the El- the edmonton oilers had just fallen behind just before that so big goal big response and a nice goal by the second unit
1: all right we have phil on the certainty hotline phil thanks a lot for calling go ahead
6: hello hey guys thanks for taking my call um just curious on um yamamoto and king what are the chances of us signing king again for next season and what is Yamamoto's contract like? What do you guys see coming for those two
3: guys? Uh, well, Yamamoto is a restricted free agent, so the Edmonton Oilers more or less can control him. He could go to arbitration, so they'll he'll get a bump in pay. And I guess his finish of the season will dictate how big a b- bump in pay it is. Evander Kane is an unrestricted That's free really agent. That's really interesting. So Evander Kane, he controls where he plays to an extent. I mean, there's got to be there's probably going to be teams that'll still stay away from him just from off-ice stuff in the past. Uh, But I'm sure there will be more suitors at season's end than there was a month ago or a month and a half ago when the Oilers signed him. Uh, And what he's worth on the open market will probably dictate whether or not the Oilers can afford him because they got him on a very good deal right now. He's going to be getting a lot more money. He could have have a 20-goal-plus season in... Half the season, half the season, yeah, which is on pace for 50. Yeah, so uh, uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, it, a lot will dictate. A lot will be decided over the final 20 games, yeah. and then what he does in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, uh, Daniel Nugent Bowman with the Athletic wrote a really good piece today about Kane and a little bit on McDavid and Pulleyrv as well. I mean, you know, might. If, I mean, there could, there's going to be trades. I mean, you might have yeah. to free up some salary. Obviously, you're going to have. Again, there's a lot of what-ifs right now because we don't know how these players are going to play, which could change how they're perceived, but, you know, Koskinen and and players like that. But Kane is a really interesting player. Um, The Oilers have, I, I mean, I guess they had Lucic for about a season and a half when he was playing well, but, I mean, Kane's a better skater.
3: Yes, and uh, Cain, he, Lucic has never been as good a player, skill-wise, as Kane.
1: Right, like that's what I'm saying. Kane's yeah. probably just a better finisher. Yeah, he's all, a better all-around. Yeah. And I mean, he hits. I mean, how many hits did he have tonight?
3: Well, he Kane does seven hits. Yeah. Like he's
1: just a steamroller out there.
3: Yeah, and, and he play. He can play all facets. I mean, he he can kill. He's killed throughout his career. Would he say that has 15 shorthanded goals in his career? That's not a guy that kills occasionally. Right. If you have 15 goals, uh, yeah, I. I he came in here to try to revive his career and have people look at what he does on the ice more so than what he's done off the ice. And uh, since he's been here, there's not a whole lot of talk about the negative side of Kane because all we've seen
1: well, is ne- what- there was never any doubt about his ability.
3: Nope, no, nope, there wasn't. Although. He's he's playing, I mean, what he's doing right now, he's never done before. Like, if he has has a 25-goal season or on pace for 50, he's never been a 50-goal scorer, but he's never played with a Leon or a Connor. Uh, He'll be able, if he continues doing what he's doing as of late, he'll be able to write his own contract, whatever he wants. And then if that's the case, well, then the Oilers, he might play himself out of the Oilers' uh, salary. I mean well, that's
1: the thing does he sit there and say well I'm just gonna see if
3: a team's gonna give me six or, or seven million yep. because, because well, I scored so much here so let's let's guess that he's gonna continue this the rest of the regular season because as of what we've seen the, this line has been almost unstoppable yeah and, and then go in, into the pl- he's got a couple empty netters yeah. so that'll pad your no yeah, oh, absolutely and then you're gonna go into the playoffs that's where you go from one level to another level in contracts right if the Oilers go in the playoffs and they win a couple rounds and Kane continues to produce like he's been producing well now the lineup of teams won't be one or two the lineup of teams will be 10 or 15 yeah. and then when it's a bidding war well now you start looking at teams that can afford to be in a bidding war because the salary cap's not getting any better and the Edmonton Oilers have some big contracts and they're about to get another really big contract next year in Darnell nurse. nurse
1: kicks it, and, and, and yeah like I think like, like Yamamoto will get a bump but yep. I think even if he gets to I mean should get to 20 now we'll see where it gets but I think just with the the age of the player and how he you know how he fits into the overall structure um you know, and usually in hockey, you get to wait a little bit till you get the big contracts, unless you're... Yeah. The, the the, what is it? What is unless it? you're Connor the, or a, or a,
3: a bridge contract? Yeah, he probably, probably gets one of those where... And then that's where you, you go then, to... And then, then what do you do with Yessie too, right? Well, I mean, it, it's funny. Over the course of the last couple of years, Yessie has gone up and down, where his stock has risen, where everyone's like, oh, my goodness, and then it's gone back down. Uh, it'll it'll be the how the season ends for yeah. yesi as well if if he's right now
1: if you had to pick two of those three players yes well, would be the odd man out
3: yes absolutely yeah. would with that yeah you're right so yes he yes he needs a good finish to the season and today was a step towards that um but it, it's still also harder to produce at the level that you want to produce at. if nothing against rnh but he's not connor and leon and if yes he's not on your first power play unit Your numbers aren't going to be as good. Yeah.
1: It is, you know, bigger picture conversation about the Oilers' depth at Ford. And I remember after that sweep against Winnipeg last year, and you and I were talking, I often said last season Mm -hmm. they don't have a third line, they don't Mm -hmm. have a third line. And I remember you saying on overtime open line after that final game against the Jets, you said, Reed, I'm not sure they have a second line <laughs> because they wound up putting Connor and Leon together. Yep. You know, and in that game, that was the one, you know, Kara didn't play and Haas was playing and Shore was yep. playing, uh, playing a lot. So now, I, I mean, quite frankly, tonight's line of Nugent, Hopkins, Brassard, and Pulley might have been better than a lot of the second lines they had last year, even in a year where they had a pretty good season.
3: Yeah, well, it would have been their second line in the playoffs. Yep. <laughs> uh, they, they added two players, the others, Hyman and Kane and that allowed the oilers to split up leon and connor so now you've got the two best players and arguably the two best players in the league and leon and connor driving their own line and they're playing with good hockey players and the addition or er, the addition of mcleod this year being able to move up and play on the second line with leon or a Fogel up on the second line with leon that allows you to have rnh run a line and now pull with him falling down now you got. to two top six guys on your third line who have been top six over the last two years here with the Oilers I I like the way they use Broussard tonight now I don't know if Broussard has the consistency uh, at this point in his career and obviously 10 teams in the last number of years shows that uh, uh, there may be a little drop in his play at some point but uh, he looks rejuvenated he he he's smart and and i like what woodcroft talked about it's not just the plays he makes like trying to make oh this wonderful pass this way it's the little subtle plays where he'll kick the puck into the right direction or he'll use his body to ward off a checker so that the he allows his other player to pick up the puck and take it to the net he made a lot of little plays like that uh, that if he could be a consistent player on that third line that's a pretty good pickup at the deadline for not giving up a whole lot to add someone that can turn your turn your third line into being a little bit more effective i like what woodcroft said too when they asked him is this the best three lines you had he said well well, i think we got four good lines and fogel cassian and shore or mcleod whoever plays that's a much better fourth line than the edmonton oilers have had in a lot of years
1: all right five two the oilers win over the sharks we have greg standing by as well greg thanks for calling
2: hey guys how's it going?
1: Good. Do you have more goalie stats tonight, sir?
2: Um, well, I, hold on. Let me Google that. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> so uh, my, my buddy Phil just called in and was talking about Kane. Uh, don't worry about him. He's kind of, you know what I mean? So, um, But anyway, I am um, just uh, want to say a few things real quick, and then I have a question for you. Um, I thought Broussard and uh, Nuge, oh, man, they look good together this night, but Kulak was, was – was, unnoticeably noticeable tonight which is what you want in the defenseman and he looked pretty darn good but um the question i do have uh, is um you know i know kane's having a great season and he's uh you know he, he's putting up the points and the numbers and you know they could say oh well it's because he's playing with mcdavid and dry just like oh well uh dry only has these points he's playing mcdavid and vice versa but anyway um, what, I'm at, what my question is, is, um, do you think uh, Kane would uh, take a, some type of a, a, a discount to stay with Oilers if they make a serious playoff run? Um, I know he, like the bankruptcy and all that stuff, whatever, that's put that aside, but do you think, it, it, is it the money or is it the winning that he's, he's after more, and do you think he would take a discount oh, well at, to stay with the
1: Oilers? I, I don't know him well enough no. as, as a player, I guess, what do you consider a discount? I mean, I know a lot of people have thrown around 3 or $4 million a year for his next contract.
3: But if someone's offering $5 but or 6 But that's the thing if he's going
1: to be UFA. I mean, yeah, I don't know, Greg. I, it, I, mean, it's, I hate not to answer it, but it's hard to answer without really knowing the I guy. Mean, or,
3: players that will take discounts or or at the end of their careers will go somewhere where they can win a championship are usually pretty comfortable financially that they can make that decision so i have no idea where evander kane is in that and that'll be a question that he'll be able to answer for you after july 1st yeah
1: or well, i mean i guess unless he he could answer it beforehand if he just says okay i'll stay with edmonton and oh
3: well, i don't give think, you this but i think he's gonna wait till july 1st and then make a decision that way um it, it'll be it, a lot will be dictated or what happens the rest of the season and into the playoffs. Uh, if he continues to do what he's doing right now in the playoffs, then the Edmonton Oilers yep. will have to look for some way to get some cap space. Well, yeah, what if
1: Holland looks at the roster and says, I can't imagine this team without Evander Kane next year. Well, then and also, wh- where do they think Dylan Holloway is going to play yep. next year? I mean, not that he's a direct replacement for Kane, but he is <laughs> the same position. So, yeah, good question from Greg. Um, I mean, I've never even talked to him in person because it's all just. Um, Zoom. You know, the media stuff is, yeah. uh, you know, in, in the room there, so you can't even just kind of go out oh, chat with a guy or whatever. You
3: should tell the Oilers they should have a suggestion box, and we can just have fans give us the f- things, and we'll just put a little note outside. Well, event, I, have, I
1: have asked questions based on questions from fans at, at times, but I don't know. I don't think Keynes would be talking about his <laughs> UFA status. Uh, I think Kane
3: how much would it take? I
1: think he's going to hold off on it <laughs> for a while. Okay, Oilers win at 5-2. Mike Smith was the winning goaltender. He's up next on Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers.
0: This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio,
10: 630 Ch- Now he keeps his feet moving and he'll dump it in a San Jose zone. Cassian will go in and forecheck. He knocked his man off the puck. It's a chance for Dreisaitl. He scores!
2: Leon Dreisaitl has given Edmonton a 2-1 lead.
1: First of two for Leon Dreisaitl tonight. He is up to 44 on the season. The Oilers beat the San Jose Sharks 5-2. Golden Knights are going to win. They're leading the Predators 6-1 late in the third, so they'll stay three back of Edmonton. Los Angeles has at least a point. They're tied 3-3 with Chicago, and the game has gone to a shootout. Here's tonight's winning goaltender, Mike Smith.
4: Um, I, um, over here, Mike. I just, uh, just a sense of you know how things went today. You guys had you know your strongest lineup of the season. Just maybe what the team looks like in front of you compared to what it has looked and looked like in front of you in you know maybe earlier in the season. Uh, yeah, I mean obviously,
10: um, you know acquiring some people at the deadline there makes us a deeper team and. I think when you're making a playoff push, you know, obviously the, having people that can come in and line, out of the lineup and play important minutes for a group is is beneficial. Um, going in the most important games of the year. So I think it's uh, it's obviously something that every team looks for is, is depth. And, um, you know, we acquired some guys that have uh, been in the playoffs before and played important roles on teams. And, and obviously getting some guys back healthy um, just solidifies our lineup. Uh, so... Um, It was great to see, you know, guys in there tonight, Nuge back and, and, uh, you know, the two guys that we got at the deadline played extremely well for us. So I think just uh, playing with a lot of confidence in our system and
4: and, uh, doing a lot of things really well out there. As you get more games under your belt and get more into the swing of things, and as the team plays more sort of structured hockey in front of you, you, where are you at right now with your game uh, with with still some time left before the playoffs?
10: Yeah, I feel like I'm getting better and better, to be honest. I I felt like tonight I was, uh, you know, pretty solid. I didn't like either goal, just... Got to get out of position a little bit, but I felt like my game was, was letting pucks come to me more tonight and feel more more comfortable every game that I've been in there. So I think last few I felt like my game's coming along and I want to be playing my best hockey this time of the
7: year. And I feel like it's trending in the right direction. So... So that would be the question is you haven't had enough games in a row to find your game this year at least it didn't look like it from where we stand are we finally hitting the point here where you've been able to you know stay healthy and play enough games where you have a chance of finding your game is that fair yeah the rhythm to it has obviously been you know sporadic
10: throughout the course of the season so that you know that weighs in on things too is when you're in and another lineup and you're you're not healthy and then you're coming back and you're trying to find your way is uh, you know sometimes difficult but like I said I feel like the last you know two or three weeks we have really got some traction here um played some good hockey against some good hockey teams and feel confident that things are trending in the right direction at the right at the right time of year so you're 40 now anything change i mean not really I don't think so. <laughs> it went from 30 to 40 pretty quick. But other than that, it's, uh, I feel the same. Still, still a dad and still playing hockey, which is
7: kind of cool. And it uh, feels good to be helping the team win. Last one for me. Uh, it, it, is it more important for a team when you get to the playoffs? Uh, I'm talking about playing Calgary tomorrow night. Is, is it about where you are in the standings or is it about how you're playing as a team? What's more important?
10: Uh, I think it's how you're playing. I think it's how you're playing. It's it's peaking at the right time, and I think we've we've done a lot of things here in the last few weeks that have uh, you know kind of gave this team a lot of confidence and feel like we can play with anybody in this league. So you know we go on the Eastern swing against Tampa and Florida and Carolina, and we were you know we were eight in hockey games and losing one goal games and against you know Colorado and Dallas, two you know top teams. So, I mean, we've played good hockey against good teams in the league. Like you said, it's, I think it's about playing your best hockey at the most important time of the year. And that's, you know, heading into the playoffs and then, you know, in the playoffs. So I think I can remember my first year in Arizona, we, we were kind of out of a playoff spot or, or humming along. And then we ended up winning the division and then going on a run. We were playing some of our best hockey that we played all season long and we weren't supposed to do anything. So I think it's, it's
8: more about how you're playing going in than where you're at. Mike, you talked about your team training in the right direction. Uh, I'm assuming you guys were pretty fired up by Ben's uh, performance as a Scotiabank skater tonight. What did you think of his performance out there?
10: I mean, he, he lit up the building pretty quickly, so I think it was easy to get for the game after Ben skated on the ice. So I think, uh, you know, it's always... It's always put things into perspective, um, you know, when you see a little guy like that and what he's been through to, uh, you know, to get on the ice like that and, and get the Rogers uh, arena um, bopping right from the face the first face-off. So, obviously an inspiration to us all and, and uh, um, happy we got a big win for him.
4: It's good job, buddy. It's, it is always a big deal when Edmonton plays Calgary, no matter where they are, but now as both teams are kind of gaining some momentum and steam and who knows, maybe on a collision course, how much weight does a, does a game like this carry? Man, I, I
10: didn't even know who you were playing next. I was kind of worried about this one. But oh, It's Calgary. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it's always fun, you know, playing uh, the rival um, to the south. So... It's going to be a tight game. They've played good hockey this year in their, in their home building, and, and all season long they've been a top team, so it's a good test for a
6: group.
1: All right, that's Mike Smith, and L.A. loses in a shootout to Chicago, so the updated Pacific Division standings, Calgary comfortably in first with 84 points, L.A. now 79, Edmonton 77, Vegas wins, they have 74. Oilers 5-2 over the Sharks tonight, get more on this game on 630 Chet.com or globalnews.ca. Our next game broadcast, it is Saturday, Oilers at Flames, 630 for the faceoff show, and the puck will drop at 8. Bob's offer as Oilers now from noon to two tomorrow. I will have inside sports from six to eight. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer here inside Studio ninety nine, and to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer back at six thirty. Chad Oilers hockey presented by Friesen Brothers on behalf of Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.
0: Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at six on six thirty, Chad.